This podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. Be sure to stick around to the end of the episode to learn more about how you can join me for these live virtual events. Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable, of LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight, we're going to continue our discussion of the tarot with the Introduction to the Tarot Part 2. Now, of course, this is, like I mentioned earlier, the scratchiest of scratches on the surface of the information that is contained in the tarot, and this will get you started on your path. So why is this important? You'll recall from last week that learning to read tarot cards is about learning to speak the language of your intuitive self, which of course is symbolic and thinks in pictures. Tarot's meant to be a feedback device, a barometer of where you are in this present moment so that you can make adjustments in real time to help keep you on the path. When it comes to strengthening and tuning into your intuition, Often we know this is what our goal is. We know we want to do it, but we're not really sure how, what tools to use. And so tarot is just one of the tools you can use to begin to strengthen that process. Remember that your intention, your imagination is what creates and develops your intuition. It is by tapping into and setting an intention, by sparking up and energizing that intention with your imagination, that you build that meta K that we talked about many circles ago, which of course is the sensation and the feeling of your intuition. So of course we wanna make sure that we're engaging our imagination. Well, how do we do that? How do we engage our intuitive self, the part of us that thinks symbolically and thinks in pictures? How do we encode esoteric information about the functioning of the universe in a way that overrides your thinky thinky self so that your intuitive self gets the message? Well, enter the tarot. There are the 22 major arcana cards. These represent your karmic lessons, the big stuff going on in your life. And they correspond to the 22 letters in the Hebrew alphabet, which of course is also the 22 paths on the Kabbalistic tree of life. There are 56 minor arcana cards, and this is more of the nuts and bolts stuff. And this is what we talked about last week. And I'll do a quick little review of that. And if you're new to Circle or new to the podcast, check out the previous episode to get caught up. Every spiritual lesson, every part of your journey is outlined and documented in the tarot cards. And so it helps you figure out where you are, what step you're on, what is coming up in the immediate future so you can adjust. Remember that tarot is a probability indicator. That means that when you do your reading, the message that you get pertains to what is going on in that moment in your life. It is a quick check at that exact moment. Any new decision, any new change that you make immediately changes your future, changes the part of the quantum field of possibility that you collapse. And so the future is not written in stone and you're not meant to use tarot to say, oh no, bad stuff's coming. Oh, well, I guess I just have to deal with it. It's meant to give you a barometer of where you're at so that you can adjust to get back on the path. So last week we talked about the minor arcana. You'll remember that there are four suits. There are the pentacles that represent the elements of earth and pertains to things like money and the physical realm. There are swords, which is all about action and change and pertains to the mental realm. It's your thinky thinky realm. There are cups, which is associated with the elements of water 
that's all about emotions and love and the emotional realm and then wands which is the element of fire and pertains to growth and spiritual development and tonight i want to talk to you about the major arcana so the major arcana represents the big life lessons the big karmic influences and archetypal themes there's the main character who is the fool and it is his journey through the cards as he makes his way to new teachers, new life lessons, eventually reaching the completion of his journey with the world. So oftentimes you hear the major arcana referred to as the fool's journey. When you're doing a reading for yourself uh, or for others, but of course I always recommend starting with yourself because, you know, boundaries. Um, if you're doing a spread and you see a lot of major arcana cards, those actually set the scene for the entire reading. That's kind of the big chunk up, large perspective overview of what's going on. And then the minor arcana is meant to fill in the details. If you see predominantly major arcana cards in a reading, it means there's some big life-changing events that are going on that are gonna have a lot of long-term effects. So there are 22 major arcana cards, but there are only 21, uh, it only goes up to the number 21 because the fool is zero. And it said that you have to be a fool to take the path of spirituality. And anyone who's walked this path for a while knows, you know, Holla! <laughs> Absolutely. When we start on the path of healing, we think it's going to be all love and light and happiness and angels singing and kumbaya. And then the universe is like, oh, you want to heal? Fantastic. Let's pull all the stuff out that you didn't want to deal with and let's bring it up into light so it can actually heal. And then we're like, what? I have to deal with my shit to develop. I don't like that at all. And so when we're in the midst of that, it's easy to get this feeling that we're not doing it quote unquote right. And so seeing the path documented in the major arcana is great because it lets you know, oh, this is what step I'm on. Cool. What changes do I need to make to get to the next step? How can I avoid getting stuck in this step? And how can I avoid sliding backwards into other ones? And that's the really cool part about this. And you'll see that the, the fool moves through your physical plane, through your mental plane, which of course includes the emotional, and then up into the spiritual plane. You must walk the path. You must build that bridge between the four realms in order to pull that energy out of the atmosphere, out of the field of energy around you and collapse that quantum wave into physical reality. Remember that the path of healing is not a straight line. Insert boo, hiss, and upset sounds here. <laughs> I don't make the rules, but that is how it works. It's a spiral. You will continually come back to the things you thought you understood and each time at a newer level, a higher level to see deeper truths. And so just because you're like, well, I took the fool's journey. I made it to the end. I am done. No, now it's time to do it again at a higher level. And then again, then again, <laughs> and then again. And I love, uh, there's always this expression I've been told, when you're done, you're dead. So basically, as long as you have a pulse, you're still evolving. And I have a friend, he's like, girl, you think you're done when you're dead? That's hilarious. Your soul keeps on doing this over and over again at higher levels, because that's kind of the point. So I want to take a quick moment and talk about numerology, because this plays a big part in the interpretation of the cards. You'll remember back from sacred geometry that the language of the universe is math and that each number has its own vibration. And this is a quick cheat sheet so that you remember. So zero is the number that represents all. It is the all-encompassing field of potential. 
The number one means new beginnings, and it's an invitation from the universe to start taking that first step. Two, once you start that, that journey, now it's about finding your balance. You can't just hop along on one foot. You need to use two and balance yourself. The number three is associated with Trinity. You're being called to recognize your life's purpose. Four is about material reality, the physical realm. This also corresponds to the sacred geometry shape, the square. It means you're on the right path. Things are manifesting even if you don't see them or notice them yet. Five is associated with change is coming. Six is associated with fertility and creation. Seven is wisdom, perfection. It is considered to be the most spiritual number. It means spiritual evolution is upon you. Eight is about endings and new beginnings, death and rebirth. Nine is perfection within the Trinity. So one chapter is closing, a new one's opening. And then 10, of course, is the one of new beginnings next to the zero of pure potential. That means you're starting at a higher level on the spiral. So when you're looking at tarot cards, before you look at any pictures, you're going to look at the number and figure out what does the number symbolize. And that will start to give you some insight into the meaning of the card. No worry, we're going to come back to this. So the major arcana is the very first card, which is numbered zero, which of course is associated with pure potential and possibility. This is the fool. It's pure innocence. The journey begins here. You are open to all possibility. You are just blissful and dumb and happy and so excited to be in the world of love and light. And you start your journey. And then you get into the power of the magician, which is card number one. This is where you're, it's all about creative power. You're manifesting. There's resourcefulness. There's motivation. You are inspired in action. You're just like, yeah, guns are blaring. As you walk the path, the next is the high priestess, which is all about intuition, seeing the unseen, your unconscious mind, realizing, oh, there's stuff down there that I need to deal with. Hmm. The empress brings the lessons of abundance and fertility and creation, because of course, as you start on your path, you need to start creating things. The emperor, which is card number four, is all about leadership and authority. It's that father figure. It's the establishment. It's the rules that already exist because you need to know the rules before you break the rules. So as you're walking the path, you need to walk the path that others have walked before you can figure out what path you want to walk. The hierophant, which is number five, this is all about other people's expectations. It's about conformity. It's now that I know the rules, I have to follow them because I have to be making sure that I'm doing it right. The lover's card, number six, is all about love and harmony and relationships. It's about choice. This is where, if you've worked with me one-on-one, -on -one, this is where those parts begin to show up. This is where confusion begins to show up because confusion only exists where there is choice. In the earlier part of your journey, you knew where you were heading. You were a fool of potential, but you didn't really realize, oh my gosh, there's crossroads. There are choices that are going to need to be made, and I don't know which one is the correct one. I have to follow my intuition and forge my own path. And so the lover's card is about balance. It's about love. It's about relationships, but it's also about this choice and confusion that can show up. The chariot, this is all about control and willpower and action and determination. And I got to do stuff right. And my thinky, thinky self's going to make this happen. Strength, of course, it takes courage to recognize that maybe that's not working. It takes courage to say, maybe there's another way. Maybe I don't have to follow the path of others. Maybe it's time for me to figure out what I want. And this is, card is all about compassion and triumph and influence. There's the hermit. 
This is card number nine. This is all about going inside, about soul searching, about introspection, about being alone. Remember that the sacred geometry square is to dare, to will, to know, and to be silent. This is the part of the journey where we have to be quiet. We have to be in receptive mode to the universe. Next, we have the Wheel of Fortune. This is where good luck is shining on us, karma is working for us, life cycles are turning, a turning point has happened. I've realized, aha, stuff's gotta change. And I have this moment and this shift of my path. Card number 11 is justice. This is now about balanced judgment, about truth, about cause and effect. This often can reflect some legal matters as well if you're taking it more literally. Because now that you've come to this point on your path, now we've got to get some balance back into place. The hanged man, number 12, is about pause and surrender. It's about letting go. The hanged man is upside down when you look at the card. So it's talking about a new perspective, how to see the same situation from a new perspective, how to get a new angle on it. Death, one of the most feared cards in the deck and actually one of the better ones, and we will talk about this one a little deeper in a moment, the death card, number 13, is all about endings, because in order to make way for the new, you must let go of the old. You must shift. Things have to end in order for new things to begin. And so this is a card of transformation, of transition, of growth, of change. Number 14 is temperance, which is all about balance and moderation, of patience, of adaptation, of purpose, of knowing that as changes happen, you need to allow them to happen in their pace. The Devil card, another misunderstood card, but frankly, one of my faves, and we'll talk about it deeper in a moment as well. This one is all about your shadow self. This is where are you keeping yourself chained? This is where it's really easy on the path to detour into spiritual bypassing, that I've got this patience and balance and everything's going well. I've gotten through the hard stuff. I had my aha moment. It must be smooth sailing from here. But the devil card is about looking and seeing where are we still keeping ourselves chained? Where can we still grow? The tower card. This card sucks to get. I'm not going to lie. It's a great card, but it doesn't feel good when you're living the tower card. <laughs> Holla. This one's all about sudden change. When you're like, everything's coasting along and then like shit goes down and the world comes crashing down around you and you have to burn to the ground so that you can rise up as the phoenix. That is the tower card. It is a huge card of transformation, but often the living of the tower card feels really lifey. <laughs> so it's not fun. And um, there's a really cool meme that I saw where it's like, the first time I got the tower, I'm like, oh, no. By the fourth time I pulled the tower, I'm like, all right, let's do this universe. We've got this. And it's so true. <laughs> first time it shows up, you're going to be like, oh, no. And then after that, you see it as a sign that things are breaking down in a big way because massive awakening is happening. Once this awakening has happened and you've made it through the chaos, next comes the star. It's all about hope and faith and renewal and spirituality to coming back to the self. The moon, which is all about reflected light, the moon doesn't have its own internal light source. And so it's about illusion. It's about deception, something's hidden. It's also about femininity and intuition. Um, the sun, number 19, now we're into positivity and warmth and fun and success and vitality. We've had, we've gone through the worst of it. Everything's great. We've looked deep into ourselves. We are at the top of that spiral. We then move into number 20, which is the judgment card. This is about rebirth. 
This is about following your inner calling. It's about absolution and awakening so that we can step into the energy of the world, which is about completion. It's about integration. It's triumph. It's accomplishment. It is the ending of a cycle so that we can start the spiritual path again as the fool, because you would have to be a fool to do this over again and over again and over again. And that's the path. So how do you actually read tarot cards? Now that you have all this information, your brain's like, ah! How do you actually do it? It's actually really simple. It's only three steps. Step number one, determine the numerology meaning. So look at the number on the card. That will give you a general idea of where things are going. Then you're going to look at the suit or the card meaning. So that meaning, so if it is an air card and it's dealing with mental practices, if it's a cups card, now we're looking at water and emotions, um, or if it says the devil or judgment, so looking at the meaning. Then you're going to allow yourself to just meditate on the images in the card. Your unconscious mind, your intuitive self speaks in pictures and in symbols. Even if your conscious mind, thinky, thinky self has no idea what to make of the card, the energy and intention infused in the symbols is already there and it will bubble up to the surface if you get your thinky, thinky self out of the way. When we did this challenge in the Live Life Unbroken Facebook group, I posted pictures and 99% of people without knowing anything about the card pretty much got it bang on. And so learning to use the tarot to build and strengthen your intuition is about looking at the card and trusting the impressions that you get. See what words bubble up, see what pictures bubble up in your head or ideas or memories. Then you actually look in and go a little bit deeper, find the story. Remember that the cards are telling a story. So I wanna show you my three favorite cards and give you a bit of an idea of what you're looking for. So let's say you pull the devil card the one of the more misunderstood ones. So you'll see the number at the very top, you'll see X and V, which is the number 15. In numerology, we break that down, one plus five is six. If you were to go back, you will see that numerology-wise, six is all about fertility and creation. And so there's a lot of potential contained in the number six. That's not a word you would really think of when you look at a card that has a devil on it. In the card, you'll see the two lovers from the lover's card, and they're chained to the devil, which is stopping their ability to create. But if you look carefully, the chains on their neck are loose, and they could easily pull them off. They are chained to the devil, but not by lack of choice. They are self-imposed chains. They are keeping themselves trapped to their darker side by not allowing themselves to bring it into the light. And so this is why this is one of my favorite cards, because when you see the devil, it means that you are keeping yourself stuck, which means you have all the power to change. So that is the devil card. The death card, another misunderstood one. So of course, you're going to start by looking at the numbers. So if you, the Roman numerals are an X with three I's, which is 13. One plus three is four. Four is about material reality. You're on the right path. Even if you don't know it yet, things are manifesting. So when you get the death card, it means that things are manifesting on the physical plane, which means that some things have to go to make room for the new. And while that is always a sad process, it is a natural part of life. And this is a great card because it means that things are moving in the right direction. Things are manifesting. And it's time to let go of the things that you're holding on to so that the new ones can flow in. What at first seems like a scary concept is actually the indication of some beautiful processes going on beneath the surface, even if it feels a little lifey. 
And the last card I want to introduce you to is again, the one we all love to hate. This is the tower. The tower is, if you look at the Roman numeral on the top, it's an X, V, and an I, which is 17, sorry, 16. Again, math is hard. 16, which when you break it down numerology-wise is a number seven. Seven, if you were to go back, is a number of wisdom, perfection. It is the most spiritual number, and it means spiritual evolution is upon you. One of my favorite parts about this card, if you look, the lightning strike that's coming from the upper right is not just a random lightning. Those of you who are present and have studied or taken my online course and are learning about the Kabbalistic tree of life. So the lightning is actually symbolic of the path of creation along the Kabbalistic tree of life. Those little fire things that seem to be spitting off to the side, those are not fires, that's actually yud or yuds, which is the 10th letter of the Hebrew alphabet and symbolizes the concentrated power of the divine. And there are 22 yuds on this card representing all the 22 cards of the major arcana, as well as all the letters in the Hebrew alphabet, as well as all the paths on the tree of life. And so when you see the tower card show up in a reading, it means that the power of the divine is guiding you to a spiritual evolution and you need to let it happen. Let the tower fall. This is a place we get stuck on our journey because we think our job is to put out the fire when in fact it's to let the tower fall and let it burn. And that is one of the hardest steps on the journey to surrender and let what has to break down, break down, to step out of the way and trust and have faith that you're still on the right path. So this is another one of my favorite cards. Not fun to get, not fun to live, <laughs> but also really cool. So some key concepts to remember. Remember that tarot is a probability indicator. It is not meant to be written in stone. It is not meant to tell you what's going to happen and oh well sucks to be you. It is meant so that you can use it as a feedback device and as guidance so you can make changes and adjust your path. This is how you know, well, am I in the right direction? I have to trust. Remember that you have the power to change the conditions of your life. A new decision, a new tool, a new resource is always within your reach. Remember that tarot is designed to help you tap into and develop your intuition. And so this is not about getting it right. I'm going to say that again for your conscious mind. This is not about getting it right. At the end of the day, you are able to use the cards purely guided by your intuition. The best way to learn tarot is to walk around with the cards, get their energy, meditate on the images, and create your own journal of what it means to you. I know some people who use the traditional deck, but the cards have very different meanings to them. As long as you're consistent, then the messages will come through as they meant to be. As always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Your thinky, thinky self is going to try to convince you that this is too complex and who are you to play with the cards and you don't know enough yet. You got to wait until fill in the blank. Decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that will take that voice in your head that's saying that from a 10 all the way down to a zero. Of course, if there is any information from this evening that you are wanting to go deeper with, such as the Kabbalistic Tree of Life, such as the Tiling the Temple Ritual, please remember that my online course is now open for registration. It is five and a half hours of content. We cover altars, crystals, pendulums, everything you can think of, all the way up to sacred geometry and the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. 
um, as well as the LBRP rituals and middle pillar, which if you want to meditate and think that it's meant to be hard, these are the easy ways to meditate. So please feel free to check that out at livelifeunbroken.com slash bridge. And of course, if you have any questions about anything from tonight or uh, earlier circles or podcasts, please know you can always reach out to me at livelifeunbroken.com or through email or through social media. Hey, Jennifer, a uh, question. So I've never done tarot cards, but if you do do a reading for yourself, does that mean that the, the cards you get that day are at the specific place in your journey that day or just in your life in general like because the next day you're going to get a different reading and like so what does that mean it's literally of that moment if you do a reading okay. so when I'm coaching someone and I use tarot as part of the coaching which I don't do often but every once in a while I'm told to do it um, if we do a spread and they the outcome shows that they are resisting and they can't do it I will have them take that card and turn it right side up while declaring I change my path or I allow myself surrender. And so you can literally use the cards and physically move them to change it. And then if you were to do the spread again, you'd get a completely different answer because you've made a new decision. So it's okay. literally a barometer of the moment and you can change it like that. Okay. Cool That's question. Thanks. Thank you. I have a question. Um, I did uh, past, present, future. The past and the future were upside down, and the present was the devil. I think I better just give up. Yeah, the devil <laughs> card in the present moment. That means so basically it means you're keeping yourself stuck. What was this? So, what card did you get in the past that was reversed, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, gosh. I can't remember now. No, or do you remember the future I one? I remember that ugly one in the center. <laughs> yeah, the devil is one of my favorite. It's the most empowering card. It means that you have chained yourself to the darker side thinking that that was the truth when in fact you have the power to unchain yourself and leave anytime you want to. So it's a really cool card. The question is, do you want to unchain yourself and how do you get there? Very cool. If you, uh, if you at any point you remember the card, let me know and I can look them up for yeah. you. <laughs> Do you want to learn more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time? If so, check out livelifeunbroken.com circle and join my free circle membership. Receive weekly reminders, bonus material and recaps, plus special offers, as well as access to my weekly virtual healing circles. If you're ready to leave behind the fears and limitations of the ego and step into the spiritual life you've long known is waiting for you, you're invited to join me, Jen Fable, for a soul-nourishing journey into the exploration of you, the universe, and all space in between. Take control of your spiritual journey to attain a new level of understanding and connection to yourself and the people in your life. During our time in Circle Together, I will share with you all the tips and tricks you need to make playing with energy fun, easy, and most of all, effective. Together, we'll learn how to cultivate our inner compass to enable us to walk our path with grace and ease. We'll open the space with a candle meditation, and after I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation, and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If your soul has been calling out to you and you're ready to tune in and listen, go to www.livelifeunbroken.com circle and register today for your Zoom access information. That's www 
dot L-I-V-E L-I-F-E-U-N-B-R-O-K-E-N dot com backslash circle C-I-R-C-L-E. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.